Welcome to my podcast. My name is Corey Woods, and we are speaking with Coral Barajas. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> well, a little bit of our history is we usually say her last name in a very funny way. We're going to spare you that experience. We're going to spare uh, the loudness and the excitement that comes with her married or ex, like her married last name, but her her maiden name is Coral Ward, right? Yes. Okay. Welcome. I just want to jump right in and share all the goodness. And I want to hear all the goodness that you have to offer because I have known you for quite some time and me and you have traveled life together in the most fantastic, unique and parallel ways. And so it's, I'm so glad that you're here. It's honestly like when you asked me, I was so excited. I'm like, of course, like naturally I want to be with you hanging yes. out yes. on the podcast. This is perfect. Yes, I totally agree. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what we essentially are going to introduce your book, but I want to hear about your book, but just give us a little bit of background of you. Oh, it's always like when someone says like, tell me about yourself. You're like, oh, what life? I have like 10. Yes, yes, tell them all. (laughs) For the sake of this, I will try to condense and try to be one person. (laughs) Um, So yeah, thank you. And Corey and I have been friends for like, 20 years, more than 20 years now. And so this has been, we have gone through life together and, um, I was married for 12 years. I met, well, okay, let's back up a tiny bit. I met Corey when I was single. I actually just got home. We both just got home from a church mission serving for our church. And, um, we got back and we were like, so weird together. And we were like, (laughs) we all want to do spiritual things. It was really awesome. Um, and then we ventured out into the dating world and that was fun. We did that together. And then we ventured out and got married at the same time. I was going to say we got married together, but we weren't married. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, we weren't married. But then we went on to have kids like this same time. We we've, we followed a very similar path. So um, I got married. I had four kids. I still have four kids. Um, my oldest is 13. And then I have a 12 and I have a nine and a no. I have a 10 and an eight year old. Wow. This is really hard. Um, and sadly my marriage was really, really hard. And it, it was one of those things where no one knew I was struggling and Corey, which we call each other, the homies, if you know, I don't know, now you're in the full inside scoop. So the homie over here, she didn't even know for most of my marriage, but just till the tail end. But, um, I was in a really, really hard and devastating marriage. And I, I was choosing to stay and I was choosing to stay very intentionally. And, um, well, actually, I don't know how intentional it is because nothing made sense to stay other than the fact that in my heart and in my mind, I knew that I should stay and I'm religious. And so I just feel like the spirit guided me to stay. And it was very clear path for me, which wouldn't make sense to anybody else. So I struggled through this marriage for quite some time. And then, um, after 12 years, 12 years in one day to be exact. Um, that is when my ex-husband, my husband at the time, um, decided he really was going to leave the family. And so he left and then I, there I was with four kids on my own. And I realized like, okay, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I am just not even sure. And so, I picked myself up. That's what we do in life when it gets really, really hard. And I picked myself up and my, I I moved my kids to a different state even. 
And it was during COVID. It was like the whole world was crashing down, but yet I was finding joy throughout it. I tried to find that joy while I was in my hard marriage and I did. And again, people didn't know that I was struggling right. and not because I was fake at all. If you know me, I am the most real person, <laughs> but I'm also not one to blast anyone's information. I'm like the per- perfect secret keeper. And I also knew if I was choosing to stay in my hard marriage, I was going to choose that and have and find joy. And that might sound like an oxymoron to a lot of people, especially when they hear the story of how it all happened and what what happened in my marriage. But then I realized quickly at like, while getting divorced, I'm like, wow, it is those same tools that got me through staying in my hard marriage that was helping me get through even my divorce. Right. Because I never wanted a divorce. That was, divorce was not on the table. I, I come from a divorce family. I did not want a divorce. But then I realized it was those same tools. So I dug deep and I kept working. And I have done work every day, every day for probably, I don't know, real intentional work every day for the past six years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Very intentional. And when I say this work, it's, it's like, it's, it's the coaching work, right? It's what, it's like what Corey lives and breathes and does and everything. (laughs) And she actually is the one that inspired me to go on. And now I coach like gluten-free community. Yes. And I want to talk about that community too. And I want to ask a question because your story, you're absolutely right. No one would have known the struggle that you were experiencing because you chose joy. Right. And so What inspired you? I'm just curious, what made you want to choose joy regardless of like the hard marriage, the circumstances that you were in and the importance of like realize, like realizing the importance of prioritizing that joy? You know, that's a really good question. And when you first ask it, the first thing comes to mind is I know several people who choose to stay in their hard marriage and the whole world knows about it. They either blast it on social media Or they don't even do that, or they just talk trash on their spouse or on that family member or that friend or whatever, fill in the blank, right? And I was like, if I'm choosing to stay, I am not going to choose to stay and be bitter. Mm -hmm. So I had to do even more work. Well, I did more work, obviously, (laughs) than my husband at the time when he was the one that was really having major, major struggles. Uh major struggles. And that's not just my opinion. That's facts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about the model. Like this is facts. He struggled. Like it's fine. It's fine. And so I knew that he needed to do work, but it wasn't my space for him to do the work. I needed to do work. And because, and I could have done that work bitterly and be like, I should be, I shouldn't have to do all this hard work because, you know, I didn't even do anything wrong. But that's where I never, I never played victim role. Yeah. Never. I mean, if, if I would for a minute, I'd have a pity party, but then I'm like, no, I'm not the victim here. I am the hero to my story. And if a hero doesn't sit there and be like, oh, they did this to me, blah, blah, blah right? Yes, yes. It was like, I just pick myself up and I handle it yeah. and I do the work and I found joy. I found gratitude even in the hard, which is very hard. And I still continue to do that. Mm-hmm. I recently just broke up with a boyfriend. I've been dating him for a whole entire year. And that has flipped my whole world 
upside down, inside out, all of the mm-hmm. things makes brings so much emotions. I'm even going to cry. I cry all the time, but, um, for good, for bad, for ugly, all the things I just, am a crier, but, yes. um, but it's like, I, even right now, life feels so crappy, but yet I'm finding joy in it. Mm-hmm. I'm finding joy in crap. Like that's pretty, I mean, that's a pretty good <laughs> skill to learn. If you ask me, like if you can find joy in crap, you're doing pretty dang good. Well, wouldn't you say that it's a choice and it's a mindset. Like you have to, oh, yeah. you have to train yourself to find the gratitude, to find the joy, to search for it because we are hardwired. Like we, we, we want to find reasons for our suffering. Right. And so you're saying you chose to find reasons for the gratitude and joy. And it sounds like you were very intentional in doing that. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. And, and that doesn't just come easy. Like, Oh, you know, some people will tell me like, Oh, you're just a happy person or like, Oh, you're so lucky that this is how, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you know how much hard work this is? Do you know how much easier to be to lay in bed and just like cry all day, every single day? But you know what I do? I wake up and I work out every single day. And you know why? Because that's what I need for me. Now I have rheumatoid arthritis. I have celiac disease. So I have two autoimmune diseases that could keep me in my bed just as is not even talking about the emotional and the regular, all the trauma that I've been through in my life, but I choose intentionally. And every day it's a new battle. Every day I'm like pleading with the Lord, like help me just to get through today. Right. And I'm a planner, homie, like a Corey, sorry. Like we, <laughs> you can we call me homie, it, but we're the homies. So, we're fine. We are. But like, I'm a planner. I want to know what I'm doing like a week from now, a month from now. And if it doesn't happen in that order or what I'm okay, but I need a plan. Yes. But let me tell you lately, I, my plan is just to get through the day and find some type of joy. Right. And, and then we all know that we pass through these type of seasons. Like they're very, they're very important to understand that it's not always going to be like this for you where we have to where our sole focus is just to get through the day, right? It is important to plan. It is important. Well, I mean, according to your own value system, whatever planning looks like for you, right? Right. But for you, planning to get through the day and starting it off correctly, one of the things I absolutely love about like the tools that you use through all of this journey that you've been on is you've been very intentional with like the way you physically take care of yourself, the way that you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally take care of yourself. Because I know that even though you choose not to cry in bed all day, every day, you still have those moments and you still are able to move yourself through those moments. I want to hear about those really, really low moments where you've offered yourself the space to have the time to cry, the time to grieve. Like, tell me about those moments for you and, and like how that helped you through your journey of finding joy. Well, I, I love that you ask, you always ask the best questions, (laughs) So it looks different at different times. Right. Sometimes I just cry and I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what else to do except cry. Just get emotions out, flush it out. Right. Like just get it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Sometimes I give myself like a time, like, okay, I am going to cry at three o'clock because right now (laughs) I can't, I've got to perform. I've got to speak. I've got to, you know, whatever I'm doing, I don't have time right now to cry, but I'm going to cry at 3 PM. Right. And then there's some times where I'm like, I am going to cry so hard and I'm just going to get it out. And then I can move forward. And then I, and then it feels like it's released. Right. So, and then sometimes I'm like, it's a whole weekend. If it's like a period weekend. Oh heck yeah. I'm just like, Oh kids, I'm just going to be grumpy and I'm just going to cry all day. 
and it's totally fine. Like nothing's wrong with you, with me, with anything. This is normal. We're just feeling our feelings and I'm just going to be crying. Sometimes it's cries of joy, but a lot of times it's sad, you know? And I'm like, and that's okay. Like people, my kids always come up to me, mom, are you okay? Oh yeah. I'm I'm totally just sad in this moment. Mm -hmm. And they know, they know, they know I'm not going to be sad forever. They know that I'm going to be okay because they even tell me they're like, Oh, okay, mom. You know, before it was a little shocking. I think when I first really was crying in front of them and like when the divorce happened and all of that, I've never hid my cries throughout for my kids ever. Right. But then they understood my cries, you know, after the divorce. And so, um, but yeah, I just think, yeah, in those really, really dark moments, I just, I just allow the feelings to come. Right. And then I'm very intentional who I talk to, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Is it serving me? Is it not serving me? Right. And then I have people in my life that I know I can contact in different days because different people will help you in different ways. And if you really look internally and really get clear on what you need and who uplifts you, they can be your saving grace. They can be the answers to your prayers. Like, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've called Corey and in complete devastation or complete sorrow or sadness. And we've been able to talk through it. And I just, I think that that is so important to find your people. And ev- those people may not be your people every day, or they may not mm-hmm. be your people that like you always will turn to, but just be intentional of who can help you. Because there's a lot of people that I'll, I'll, I'll have conversations. I'm like, actually that person doesn't serve me right now, right now. And that's fine. And then I just need space back up. Because when we're going through crap, when we're going through hard, we have to protect ourselves. Mm, I love that. When you say protect yourselves, um, I just, can you give me an example of what that looks like when you say like you have to protect yourself? Um, Okay. So I believe energy is toxic or Mm -hmm. it can be contagious and happy and joyful and all of that. So when, when I surround myself, so I'm just going to speak for me. Yes. When I surround myself with someone who is catty or depressed or like a downer. Now someone can be depressed. I could talk to them. It's fine. I can hold that space and energy with them. But when it's like a chronic, like depression or chronic negative, or if I were to open up to them. And they were to judge my situation and maybe not even judge me. Like they're like team coral all the way, but they could be judging the other person. So then it becomes nice. not safe. So if someone, so if I turn to somebody and I'm like, I'm having a really hard time, like whether it's my ex-husband or whatever the situation is. And if they start bashing him, that's not going to help me. I already know that I don't need to be fed whatever crap about him. Right. I need to be fed that I'm going to be okay that I'm strong, like that I'm this. And if your people aren't giving you that strength, get new people. Mm-hmm. I Hire Corey as your coach. <laughs> like you got to get to that point where you have your people cheering you on. You need your cheerleaders. And I'm not talking about go team. No, it's like the dark, the gritty, like, no, you got this. Yeah. Like it is hard. You can get through it. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I love that. Cause that's the one thing, you know, when I went through my divorce, you had gone through it probably, let's see, like two years before I did. So you had already started to navigate the process and it was so helpful for me to surround myself with people who had already gone through that, that were going to hold the space for my own grief and my own suffering, but they were not going to let me get lost in it. Right. And when you say like, if you're um, because it matters, it matters to me just exactly what you said. I surrounded people because I didn't always want to talk crap about my ex-husband. I didn't always want to get, um, I didn't want to put people down and I didn't want people supporting me in like my victimhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you said get new people, that really, really resonated with me, uh, on so many levels because the people that you surround yourself in, you know, whatever, trauma you're experiencing or whatever stage of life that you're experiencing, that's going to affect you. It's going to have a direct like effect on you. And I love that you are always, always, always intentional. That's probably my favorite part of it. You're like, you're on it. You're like, everything is done with intent. Yes. And there's times where I'm like, Oh, I didn't make the right choice in that area. Like, Oh, I shouldn't have gone to that thing. And I, you know, I don't do the shoulds, shouldn'ts, whatever, but like, but like, okay, next time I'm not going to attend that because my headspace isn't clear after that. Yes. So what I hear you saying is essentially you've learned a practice of like not judging yourself and giving yourself grace for essentially air quotes mistakes, right? Because they're not necessarily mistakes, but there's no point in increasing the suffering by feeling like the guilt and the shame because, hey, now I know. Now I know I don't have the capacity to maybe be around this person. Now I know I don't have the capacity to do this kind of thing over here. Right. And and when, like, I don't necessarily need to cut people out for the rest of my life. Right. But there are times in a season, I know when I'm fragile. When I just broke up with my boy or we broke up, whatever, however you say that. When we broke up, I was devastated. You better believe like I couldn't attend any wedding at that time. Like, and I had a brother get married, like a stepbrother get married and I didn't go. And like, there were certain things that I knew that like emotionally would spiral me down. Right. And I didn't like, am I a terrible sister? I didn't go. No, not at all. He was fine. Like we went to the movies that next week. We were totally good. Right. Like, it's like, we like, you can advocate for yourself. And you don't have to feel bad about it. Like, I don't feel bad about it. Like, there's some, like, I didn't answer my phone for so many people in that time. And they weren't even calling about, but I'm like, I, I, I didn't even have words to speak to them. Yes. And then there were certain people I would answer the phone on the first ring because I was in a mental state where I can handle that conversation. And so, and, but now I'm in a place I can answer the phone for pretty much anyone. But Mm -hmm. there's a time and a season. And so just because like right now you can't handle your mother-in-law or you can't handle your neighbor next door or you can't handle whoever, right? It doesn't mean forever you're cutting them out. It's just like right now I'm not in the mental space to be there with them. Right. And you give give yourself like the space and the grace. Like I keep hearing the word grace as you're talking. It's like you've given yourself the grace to accept where you're at. And whenever I think about healing, right, or moving through things that have been traumatic or hard things and and choosing happiness and choosing joy amongst the hard hard things, 
um, it's easy because of, for a lot of reasons, because of conditioning to want to beat ourselves up, to think that we should be doing it differently, or we should be happier, or, or maybe, you know, I love that you reminded everyone that there's no point in using shoulds, right? There's, there's yeah. no should have, should of, should have been doing or whatever that mindset is, because it just takes you down a rabbit hole of negativity. In my opinion, that's been my experience at least. Absolutely. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, you and I talk a lot about too, is, is allowing our safe ourselves the space to feel negative emotions because um, what does that then create for you? So when you're feeling these emotions and you're having those moments and you're moving through a season, what does that then allow you to do? Um, it allows me to heal in the way that I need to and the way that's true to me. And that can be different at different stages of life. I feel like sometimes we, we have like this mold. It's like, oh, if A, a plus B equals C. And it's like, oh, are you kidding me? It's like Z plus X equals Y sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yes. but somehow it works. And you got to be intentional for you at that time. Like in my book, I, I t- it's called No Matter What. But it's like, no matter what, find joy, right? Whether you, in my book goes off of the fact of like, whether you stay in or leave a hard marriage, you can find joy. Mm-hmm. And so with that, like bound, I have a whole chapter on boundaries and how boundaries are actually a blessing. There is like, people put like this negative stereotype on a boundary and you're like, actually that is the saving grace. That's, what's going to help pull you through. Right. And so it's like, but boundaries can change and Uh that is a blessing, right? Like, I mean, you understand like going through your divorce, it's like at different stages, you had different boundaries, right? All of them were okay. None of them were the should have, shouldn't haves or whatever. It's like, you just did the best you could with what you've been given in that time. Absolutely. And so boundaries can change and boundaries are a blessing and boundaries are pr- to protect you, not to keep somebody else away, not to control somebody else, not to tell somebody else what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. The boundary is what's going to protect you, protect your heart, protect your mind, like all of that. Right. And you're the one who's in charge of that, right? A lot of times we think that we need to try to control other people to help us feel good. I mean, talk about like life changing moments for myself when I realized that I cannot control other people's actions, thoughts, feelings, and it's not even my job, right? Like, because even other people can change. And so when you, I kind of want to hear some practical tips because that's one thing I do love and appreciate about you is that you always have tips. Okay. So a few practical tips and strategies for maybe for someone who wants to start actively choosing joy and happiness, no matter what, because you mentioned boundaries. I want to, I want to, I want to first mention, remind you what you mentioned. You mentioned boundaries. You mentioned like giving yourself the space. You mentioned intentionality, like being very intentional and in who you surround yourself with. Um, do you have any other practical tips for someone who wants? Yeah, to I actually do. I love that you reminded me of what I've already said, because I say it and then I'm like, forgot two seconds later. So thank <laughs> you for that little recap. Um, hopefully the listeners needed to hear that too. But um, so I truly feel that like each day we're intentionally choosing, like we talked about, we're intentionally choosing what we want, right? Are we wanting joy or, you know, and how do we find that? And so to find joy for me, what that looks like in every day, I'm like, okay, what is going to bring me joy today? Hmm. And when I sit with that question, 
like, what is going to make me happy today? And not make me happy, make me happy is that's the wrong way. But like, right. what is going to like welcome happiness in my life, right? So when I do that, whether I feel like, okay, I need to spend a little bit more time with my kids, right? And I want to find joy in being a mom, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, what do I want to do with my kids? And so sometimes it's like, oh man, I just want to take them and go get a smoothie. Or I just want to take them to the pool. I, if the beach was here, it would be the beach every single day, promise. Every day. <laughs> but like, or right now we're like in this card game kick and we play scum and speed all day long. Like, and that make, brings me so much joy. We like laugh so hard together. And I love that. And so I have to be intentional about, no, I don't have to, I get to be intentional about what's going to bring me joy in the different areas of my life. Now I run a few businesses and you know, there's so many things that I do, but in that process, what's going to bring me joy. And when I complicate it, I'm like, Hey, dumb it down scratch the complication, dumb it down. What's going to bring me joy. Simplifying. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we complicate life way too much. Absolutely. And so, and then finding if I can find joy in even certain, like a few moments of each day, which seems like, okay, out of 24 hours and you're just finding joy in five minutes that actually will carry me through the rest of the day. Mm. Right. Like I don't need to have 24 hours of complete joy and happiness and laughing. Right. Blah, 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 right. No, I don't need all of that. Nobody needs all of that. We need the highs. We need the lows. We need to experience life, but find intentionally finding joy in the things that you're already doing or the things that you want to do. Right. I said already, like you do. That's really funny. I never say it like that. I usually say already, but I said it like you already. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I'm glad that at least I have, you know, some influence on you since I feel like the majority of this period of my life has been calling the homie every day. I'm like, I need my daily check. in. <laughs> but we yeah. find joy in that, don't we? Right, right. I do. And there is, and there is a lot of joy that comes from finding like experiences and conversations where I, I like, I'm not alone. Right. Because sometimes my brain, when I'm experiencing maybe like the lows, right. Wants to say, well, I'm alone in this, but we're never truly actually alone in the ways that we think we are. We have so much help at our disposal. And some of us don't even know how to ask for it. They don't know how to seek it or even receive it. That's a skill in, a, in and of itself. And so the question that you asked, you, you said, what's going to bring me joy today. Right. And being I'm being very intentional with that because part of your value system is finding joy in motherhood, finding joy like in your relationships and your friendships, right? Finding joy even in like your experiencing having the autoimmune diseases and navigating. Uh, aren't you a health coach too? Aren't you a certified health coach? Yeah, Remind I me. I'm an integrative health practitioner. Yeah. And right. Right. Yeah. And you know, most people will look at like that type of lifestyle and shrug and they think that there's no joy in that, but there's actually a lot of joy and self-love when you are taking care of your body at a physical level. Yes. It contributes to our joy because it teaches us how much like we love ourselves. I'm going to do this for me. Okay. Can I give you an example of what like that reminded me of something that Absolutely. I do yeah. every single day. This yeah. is what I mean with being very intentional of like my surroundings and what I'm doing. 
Okay. So, um, I, I consider myself very like, I know my self-worth. Yes. I know that like, there are certain things that I just know about myself and I love that. I don't like, uh, I, I know I'm not the prettiest girl out there and I'm not worried that I'm the ugly. Like, I'm just like, I'm just a normal person <laughs> that is trying my best. Right. Right. But okay. This is what I want to get to. There are a lot of days, especially since my breakup, I emotionally or mentally can't go to the gym. Why? Because all these pretty girls, all the pretty girls walk like this, <laughs> right? So it's like, all of these people are like dressed and I find my mind in comparison game or in a like less than like, oh, they are so strong. They're so pretty. They have the perfect booty. They have the perfect tan. Like they have the perfect this, they have the perfect that. And uh -huh. it makes me feel less than. And I have to remind you, like I have self-confidence, but I still struggle with that. So I know on those days, I don't go to the gym. You know what I do? I work out in my house and I work out in front of my mirror and I just like flex and I, and I take pictures and I'm just like, I'm the beast. Like I'm the superhero, right? That helps me to become better, but I have to be in the right. Is the gym bad? No, the gym's not bad. But if my, I'm not in the right mental state, I can't go to the gym or I leave feeling less than I feel deflated. I feel defeated. I feel mm -hmm. there's a lot of feelings that come with that. Right. And so, but then there's some days it could be the very next day I could go to the gym and find the most joy at the gym. Yes. And I'm going to put it in Corey words, because what I hear you saying is like, you've just, you've developed enough self-awareness and you have the self-worth to understand how to work with yourself instead of against yourself. Yes. And I love, love, love that because you, you acknowledge, and one of my favorite things and one of my favorite topics of conversation is understanding that both self-confidence, right, and your self-worth can exist at the same time as self-doubt, right? Like you have your worth, you have your confidence, but you acknowledge that like self-doubt will often creep in and then you get in the comparison game and you recognize when you're in that space. So you're still, again, and I think we're just going to need to come back and call you like the intentionality queen, because then you're very like intentional with how you work with yourself. And because no one is going to do that work for you. Right. No one is. And I think a lot of conditioning that we have in our society is that we think we need someone outside of us to do that work, but really it's not true. The work comes from us making decisions about ourselves about what we're choosing, like using that very intentional to, to have, take charge of our life and our experience, because this is our life. This is no one else's. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like uh, something that I'm always preaching is like, well, and I work with the gluten-free community, right? So I have celiac disease. So do my daughter. So it's like, no matter what you're going through, like, right. Again, my book, no matter what uh -huh. you can find joy, like, right. It's like, be the hero to your own story. I don't yes. care if your story is celiac, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, divorce, depression, like whatever, be the hero. Mm -hmm. Like what would a hero do? How would a hero show up in this situation? And so when you're saying all these things, it's like, okay, if you're going to be intentional and you are going to be the actual hero, right? 
okay, what are you going to do about it? Because ain't nobody going to save the day. You're the hero, <laughs> right? Yeah. And let's be real. How long did it take you to learn that? That principle and actually live the principle. What do you think? Ooh. I feel like, uh, okay. So I was in a hard marriage for about 12 years, probably like nine years into the marriage. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm not the victim. And I feel like I, I, I've always played, I'm not, well, I'm not the victim, but I didn't know I was a hero. Right. Yes. Until, I think until I got divorced, because then it was like, boom, I had nobody. I mean, I had my four kids, but other than that, I had nobody, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, my kids aren't going to save the day. I'll actually, they do, but you know, not, not in what we're talking about, not in like yeah. the real big world, you know? And so they weren't going to save the day. I had to do it. And so yeah. it was then it was like the next day I decided I was going to write my book and I am no writer, but man, do I have stories? Like, man, do I have the tools to help you through the crappiest things of life? Right. Like, the crappiest. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Your book talks a lot about those tools, but sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. No, no. And I mean, you know, oftentimes people will look at me and they'll just be like, oh dear, privileged, right. Came from a perfect family, came from this and this, you know, and I'm like, oh no, once people get to know me they're they'll understand. I came from a family of 15 siblings. We were divorced. We were remarried, like my parents and we were abused in every area. And like, there were so many things that were so hard mm -hmm. that I had to learn at a very, very young age. And because of that, that has made me stronger for the, in my entire life. Yeah. If you learn lessons at age two, that most people don't experience their whole entire life. You're going to, you're going to like, you're going to rock it. So a lot of times people will crumble at their situations. Yeah, but I have this and oh, but I have this. And it's like, perfect. Perfect. Now you have that experience. Now, what are you going to do? Right. And it like going back to one of the principles that you talked about earlier was gratitude. It's like finding gratitude for the hard things is mm -hmm. such a mindset trip. And I remember when I learned this principle, when I, asked, so there's one thing where you can actually consciously learn, right. Where you can learn about it, where people can teach you, but it's a different experience when you embody it. And when you live it, and I remember when I, um, I was married at the time and we had gone through a bankruptcy and we lived with my mother-in-law and her house had, I mean, cockroaches met us at the door. Like they lived with us, right? There was just so many cockroaches. And to this day, she has a brand new house, by the way. So when the house that we lived in, it was totally demolished. It was completely mold filled. And one of the blessings that came from living with her is we were actually able to help her file like through the state because they had a program because her house like got hit with a hurricane. That's why there was so much mold because there was so much water damage from a hurricane down in Houston. And she didn't have the resources or tools, but we had the information to give to her. That's why she got a new house. Right. But I remember like I learned that lesson of gratitude because I was flicking cockroaches off my legs when I was kneeling on the ground to say my prayers. I was doing yoga. I was sitting on the couch having a meal and I, there would be one crawling across like on my body. And I thought, you know what, what a perfect time to find gratitude. Why am I so thankful for these cockroaches, right? That was the first time I was actively willing to learn this principle that when you can find gratitude in like the lowest of lows, 
right? You get to decide actually where I've heard this principle before. Hold on. I want to make sure I say it. So your rock bottom is always a decision. When you decide where your rock bottom is, gratitude is how you actually move out of the rock bottom and you can only go up from here. Like you can only go up when you hit that place. And gratitude is actually what helps you get to that place where you can move through rock bottom. People think like rock bottom isn't a choice. It's a choice. It's a it's an actual like decision that you make. We can only go up from here. What do you think about that? Okay, I love that so mm-hmm. much. And when you're when you're talking about hitting rock bottom, there was a quote that I heard when I was at one of my lows. Like, I mean, I don't know, one of the lows, right? One of the rock <laughs> bottoms. But this was the quote, and I don't even know who it's from, but it said, when I hit rock bottom, now this is religious. So FYI, when I hit rock bottom, I realized the rock was Christ. Oftentimes he's, he's talked about in the scriptures as he is the rock, he's the foundation, right? So it's like, when I hit rock bottom, I realized the rock was Christ and he lifts you up. And, um, even if you're not religious, you can just put in whatever you universe, whatever, right. It's like, um, but I just, I just know that, like, I just feel that to be true. And then I know that to be true because that's what's happened in my life. Well, that is like a fantastic reframe because I have a relationship with Christ. We can talk about Christ, right? Everyone whether or not you believe in Christ or Christ consciousness, some of my listeners refer to Christ in that way. But Christ, how did you say it? Can you say the quote one more time? Because I want to write I, this down. <laughs> when I hit rock bottom, uh huh, I realized the rock was Christ. Right. Okay. Because symbolically, even in the scriptures, Christ is referred to as a rock mm-hmm. or a foundational piece. And and that that's what I mean by a beautiful, beautiful reframe because our brains associate rock bottoms with something negative and we could reframe it and look at it like not even from a positive perspective, but it's a different perspective. It's a depth. It's a depth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Because I'm not about like positive reframes all the time. Like I don't necessarily even believe in positive affirmations, but what I do believe in is like finding like connection to our truth. And that quote totally resonated with me because I have a belief in Christ. That's a perfect reframe for rock bottom. So thank you. You're so welcome. No. And I just feel like all of this is so important, but honestly, if you are struggling, well, I feel like we're all struggling. So it's not an if it's like when, (laughs) right? right? Like, I don't know. It's like, I know you are right now in some area. And it's like, just know that you're not alone, that there's hope that like you can get through this no matter what you're going through. Like you think of a movie and like, say if there wasn't a real problem, like if it wasn't like someone's trying to attack and take over the world or, you know, like something huge and dramatic, you wouldn't watch it, right? right? It wouldn't even be like, well, that wasn't even that great. So think about your life. If you can watch your life unfold and then you're like, oh, well, nothing even major happened. And oh, so then it was fine. And everybody was good and blah, right? But no, when you have the crap, when you get to the root, when you hit that rock bottom, right? And then you make it out. That's where the hero comes out. Right. And isn't it interesting? It's like people actually want to hear that part of your story. I remember someone once told me too, like they weren't interested in my suffering. They were interested in how I got out of the suffering. 
Mm. Right. Like, like there, I mean, that's not necessarily entirely true for everyone, but I really resonated with that because like, we want to watch the hero's journey in someone else, Mm -hmm. knowing also that the hero's journey belongs to us. We get to be the hero in our own story. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and I feel like it's easy. Like you were just saying, it's easy to find it in others. Like I can, mm-hmm. like you can call me and you're like despair. And I'm like, girl, you got this. Like you've been right. like, you are like, you're on top right now. And you're like, <laughs> I'm on top. Like you're on top, <gasps> but it's hard to see internally. And so when you can stop and ask yourself and give yourself that grace, like, okay, what does a hero do now? Like, what do I do? Like, how do I want to like, perform this miracle of like coming out on top like absolutely like how do I want this to unfold right so like I just broke up with a guy and I thought we thought we were getting married all the things right it was like Mm -hmm. now the whole world is flipped upside down and now I'm like rewriting my story yet again like super stupid (laughs) stupid. (laughs) but I'm like okay well do I want does does my story need like months and months of wallowing and sorrowing and all of this Right. Or do I get to like, okay, yeah, that was so hard. That ruffled everything that flipped me upside down, inside out. And yet who do I want to be? Who do like, what actor, which character, what do I want to be? Like what superhero do I want to be? And then I start showing up in that way Mm -hmm. and little areas. I'm not like save the day. Right. But it's like, (laughs) finding that joy in those five minutes that I play with my kids. Yeah. You have a thought. Well, sometimes (laughs) I'm like laughing because I want to remind our listeners. um, I want to remind our listeners this, that quality over quantity. So when you're talking about finding joy and being intentional, sometimes, like you said, you mentioned at one point in our discussion that you would set a timer for crying, right? Sometimes I remember when I was learning to experience, like I wanted to experience joy and love, like at a deeper level. And I would actually set a timer for love and for joy, because when you're coming out of trauma, sometimes like the, it's very uncomfortable for the body to learn how to feel those emotions in a deeper and a more long lasting way. And so you even mentioned throughout this discussion that this is not, the highs and the lows throughout the day are very important, right? We're not, we're not choosing, we're choosing joy, but from the perspective is that you don't have to stay in that place 24 seven. You don't have to, right? And because we're, we're a human, we're, we're a human body. We need food. We need sleep. Like that in and of itself creates emotions, right? Right. And so it's understanding, like navigating those experiences. But I remember I used to set a timer. Like I, even I still do every single morning, I've been doing this uh, little exercise where I breathe in and I say, I choose. And then I breathe out like to feel the love of Christ. And I just breathe out and I set the timer for five minutes because my brain's like, oh, we got to go on a walk. We got to get the kids up. We got to get the gym. We got to make breakfast, you know, but I'm very, very intentional to stay in the emotion of love because like you said, it sets my day up in five minutes um, and being very present, like five minutes with your kids, they, they're not going to remember anything else from their day, except those five minutes where you are solely focused on them. And we can apply that principle to you, right? 
like where you are solely focused on you, you give yourself that grace, you give yourself that presence to experience whatever it is that you want to choose for that day. Okay. I love, love keyword that you spend five minutes each day on love. So for me, this Mm -hmm. is where it's like, it's so, everybody is so different and every stage is different of what your needs are. But right now for me, what I need is gratitude. Mm. Love comes, love comes easily to me, like right now, right? Like I'm just a very loving and forgiving, like naturally, but I need to be more intentional about gratitude right now. So like maybe you're, you know, whoever we're talking to, whoever's listening right now, maybe yours isn't love. Maybe it's not gratitude that you're really needing to work on. Maybe it's forgiveness. Like maybe that's like a hard one for you right now. Or maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. it is finding joy. Like, Hey, what's joy in my day? And think about that for five minutes. And what can you do to bring joy? Or maybe it's peace and just calm. Or, you know, there's so many different things that can really like whatever feels good to your heart when we're talking whatever you're feeling right now, that is the action that you can take. And I love that you set a timer for that. Every morning, I just say a prayer of gratitude and, um, I do it. I do it for about five minutes. I should set a timer, but, and I just say, instead of asking for anything in this prayer, I'm just only gratitude. And then sometimes I'm like not paying attention. I'll start asking like, wait, 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 I'm not asking for anything. Just being grateful. You know, (laughs) My relationship with my father is way, you know, very cash. Yes. But, but very. I'm like, okay. I like, um, I just try to find the gratitude in my life because it's so easy to see the things that I don't have that I'm lacking that my neighbor has that I don't have. It's like really admirable things. It's not like they're both. It's like actually like, and I don't want their husband, but I want us. <laughs> you know it's like okay like and that's like a good thing to want and so it's kind of this conflicting thing that you have you're like okay but what I want is actually like it's a good thing like I want a good father for my kids like that is just something that I want right so it's easy to just sit and think about all the things I don't have but then it's like actually what I do have is priceless like Yes. And it's being so intentional with that. And so when I am not in a place where I feel gratitude, I recognize that and I try to pivot, whether it's who I'm with or where I'm at or whatever it is. Like if mm-hmm. I'm not feeling gratitude, and so maybe yours is love, like that maybe that's your measurable throughout the day. Corey, like maybe it's like, oh, I'm not feeling love in this situation. Let's let's like detour, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm thankful that you mentioned that because um, it's very important. Again, we like the homie and I, we don't pretend to have the answers, but we have been through a lot and enough like to speak to our own stories and in hopes that our stories can help you navigate your own right now. And whatever um, words of wisdom that you might've heard for you, um, I would love to know. I would love to know because um, Coral, we just have a few minutes left and I, I want to know how can our listeners get a hold of you? How can they buy your book? What it is, what is it that you help them with at this stage? Because you've just dropped so much wisdom and you haven't even talked about what you do for people. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I said, I have 10 lives, but um, if you want to find me, the best way to find me is gluten-free with coral on Instagram. Okay. Pretty much on all the channels, but Instagram is where I like to hang out the most. And my book 
isn't gluten-free related, but it can be because these principles and everything can apply to all areas of life, whatever you're struggling with. I have people that call me, they're like, or message me or write a review or whatever. And they're like, holy cow, I have the best marriage, but this book helped me with so-and-so or my child or my neighbor or my in-laws or whatever, right? Or just to get in the right frame of mind in certain areas of life. So these are the tools that helped me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so you can, that's on Amazon. It's called no matter what. And I list it under Coral Ward because I didn't want to have, um, like it's not attached with my ex-husband. And, um, so that's kind of the scenario with that, but yeah, you can find it. It's called no matter what by Coral Ward. If you just search up Coral Ward, you'll find it right away. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where people can find me. And the messaging is just like, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you can find joy. Like you're not just going to be okay. Like you're not just going to be okay. You're not put here on this earth just to be okay. Like you Mm -hmm. can thrive, but you got to work on it. Like it's, it's not easy. People are like, Oh, I just want to be with place you are. It's like, Oh yeah. Then honey, sign up for this work. You know, it's like, Oh, this is not, this is not just like snap your finger and you're like, Oh, I'm so joyful today. Like, Oh heck no. Right. It's like, super intentional. And like you say, like, I am still doing this work every single day. Corey's doing this work every day. Oh, that's tiring. Actually, it's not because we're constantly getting better and we're becoming who we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It is like you said that it, that it is work. It, It really is. It's, I always, the reference I use, it's like climbing a mountain with no top. We acclimate, we like enjoy the ride. We love where we're going, but it is definitely a journey and it's a path and it's a decision. And I tell people sometimes too, like when you're choosing like a conscious way of living, that's kind of how I refer it. Sometimes it feels like you're getting in an elevator and you're going up, but you always have a choice to get off the elevator, right? That's what we mean by the work. Like the work is continuously like making a choice to come back to who you are, to remember who you are and then choosing who you want to be right? Choosing, like always making um, a choice in the decision. And for those who are listening and following along with this conversation that we're having, I will put all of this information on how to get a hold of Coral in our notes section. So if you need to reach out with her, she's got a million things that she can help you with, but she's particularly amazing around health, around mindset. Um, again, find her book. You should read it. I want to, I'm going to label it as an easy read from the perspective of it's not a long read. So like it's, it's a very, very condensed, practical, like enjoyable experience is that her book. And I also feel like I need to tell you that if, if maybe you're not resonating with wanting to buy the book, but someone came to mind, I would encourage you to buy the book for someone else, like follow that inspiration and maybe give it to someone else who could use it. Thank you. And it's on audible too. So if you're not a physical reader, if you get it, you can write notes in it. I have note sections at the end of every chapter, but you can also, um, you can also listen to it. I'm a listener. So, and it's not, it's not a long book. It's not even a hundred pages. It is an easy read. That's condensed. That's packed. And I honestly, I read, I listen to my book every single month and I'm the one reading it. And so I cry in it. Like, I know I should be all professional in it. I don't, I'm like crying. Cause it's like, this is like deep stuff. I mean, this is the real deal. Yes. So, well, thank you for being here. And it was so fun to actually have this conversation and thank you for those who are listening and we will see you next week. Bye.